thank you, Amit, uh, Preeti, and uh, Rajarshi for joining us uh, today. May, my name is Deepraka, and I uh, represent Speakin. May I please welcome uh, you to take a minute and introduce uh, yourselves and give us your opening thoughts on, uh, on the topic, and then we move into a more engaging uh, conversation. Uh, may I start with uh, Rajarshi? Hi, thank you. Thank you, Deepshika. Good evening to all of you and all the participants. I think it's a wonderful to be with, to be all, with all of you. Uh, my name is Rajorshi and I am the president and global HR head of Alchem Laboratories. It's a, a $1.2 billion pharmaceutical company present in India and abroad. Uh, overall, about 26 years of experience in different industry, primarily in pharmaceutical and, and majorly also after pharma, oil and gas. So good to be with all of you and my co-panelists. Uh, welcome also to this show. So I think uh, <clears throat> this topic uh, which has been chosen is, I think, very apt. And uh, I think all of us know that in the last uh, probably six weeks, uh, the whole world, at least India, and of course beyond six weeks, the whole world has undergone turmoil. Uh, we have never seen in this our lifetime. and. Uh, least we do hope that we don't see it going forward, let this get over as soon as possible. So I think uh, uh, if you look at any industry or you look at the economy as a whole, I think uh, everything has been disrupted. Uh, the way we used to think, the way we used to do our business, the way we used to carry ourselves, the way we used to shop, live, you know, take care of ourselves. I think everything has undergone change in these last few weeks. And the good part is that, you know, all of us are learning rapidly to cope up with this kind of a change. And, uh, and more so coming to organization, I think, you know, it was like a, now when we remember, you know, how we used to operate six weeks back, people used to say good old days, as if it was many years back. Uh, I think that's the major change that I see. And uh, of course, we'll talk during the session. This, this crisis has also kind of, you know, ignited a sense of creativity and innovation in all of us. Uh, at least I am from an industry which is essential goods. So at least some business is running. Even there, there are challenges and we are innovating. But I know there are many other businesses which are rethinking. Uh, you know, how to run, how to sustain. And even though businesses which are essential and running, I think we are sensing that there is a huge disruption in the way we have been, I mean, disruption in the way we will be kind of taking things ahead. I think uh, I look forward to this discussion today and learn also learn from all of you. Maybe with this, I'll end here and pass it on to others. Thank you very much. Thank you. Preeti, may I now welcome you to share your opening thoughts and give us a very quick overview of uh, what you're handling in terms of uh, HR. Sure. Thank you, Deepshika. Thank you, everybody, the co-panelists and everybody who's joined us. I'm very excited to be on this panel. My name is Preeti Bose and I head uh, talent management and leadership development globally for Lucan. I've uh, been working for about 23 odd years in different industries and very, very passionate about the talent agenda. and. Uh, just looking at some of the factoid, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the news coverage and what the world is going through. And I was looking at one of these articles which said the usage of the term unprecedented 
in today's time has gone into at least 1 million times than it was used last year that's as many number of times the word unprecedented has been used and that aptly shows the kind of times that we are in right and rajoshi mentioned that none of us have ever seen something like this in a lifetime mm -hmm. so not only are industries trying to cope there are industries trying to make a, you know make their way trying to sustain there are organizations which unfortunately are shutting down having to you know leave people be uh, some of us are absolutely trying to be as agile as nimble footed and uh, before we move on to the conversation i just like to say that the individuals the leaders the organizations that actually are agile who innovate who create find out different ways and means to sustain not only for today but plan for tomorrow uh, that's going to be the way for us and with that over to you that Perfect. Uh, Amit, welcoming your views next, yeah. please. Good evening, everyone. Uh, hello to my co-panelists. Thanks for having me, Deepshika, and speaking. I'm Amit Malik. I represent Aviva. I look after people, function, customer service, operations, and retention for them. Though I'm an HR guy who's now moved on to do a business role uh, with over 20 years of experience. Uh, you know, uh, my my opening thoughts on this topic, which is so relevant, disruption in organization culture, is that. the world just came to a stop one day when we had a lockdown everything just stopped you know and i think all of us have talked about vuka talked about disruption but this is the first time we are actually experiencing it in its reality so all that we talked about is what we are experiencing it and i remembered about a businessman who was traveling on a plane and uh, when he was traveling you know as as all of us would know the pilot just announced and said i want you to go back to your seats and tie your seat belt and we will uh, encounter some turbulence so like the pilot said the plane went through turbulence there was thunder lightning the whole plane was you know shaking everyone started to do their last prayers and you know say their final goodbyes to gods saying we will survive this and then this businessman sees a small girl who's sitting there without worry and without any fear in the world and everyone else is trembling and when they land the businessman goes up to her and says uh, why were you not afraid you know when everyone else was and the little girl says my dad is a pilot and he's taking me home and I, you know and when i when i when i when i when i heard this story i absolutely related it to the organization culture which is also our topic to say do we have a culture as an organization where we where our managers or our leaders make people feel safe that we would take them home or the organization culture is such that it says this too shall pass and help people believe that we will look after them and i think that's that's the disruption that that we are encountering and that's the need from a culture standpoint that we need to communicate so those are my opening thoughts great thank you very much uh, thank you very much uh, all three i i would now uh, you know start uh, uh, start by talking about you know three critical trends that we are seeing uh, as far as the manpower is concerned and there are different factions of manpower right i mean you have on one side whether you have lupin or all all can we talking about a plant driven organization right you have massive r&d you have massive people, a workforce which is uh, uh, which is um, uh, to an extent uh, you know hands on work and there is uh, aviva which is uh, you have a massive distribution system you have people you know on ground the sales force that you have so how are you managing what are what do you think are implications in terms of uh, workforce distribution impact on different kinds of people what do you think will be the corporate implication of this uh, preeti if i were to come to you what do you think are the changes coming up in the corporate world the corporate hr 
Sure. And uh, Deepshika, how we see is, uh, of course, people with large distribution on ground, uh, business has been uh, not as usual. The plants are working, of course, because uh, as an organization, we also do a lot of life-saving drugs. So that's our essential services. So the plants are on, but the sales force, uh, unfortunately, when the market is shut, so is the sales force, right? There's been a fantastic time on how we keep going back and reskilling and how do you reprioritize, et cetera. So all those strategic conversations are definitely happening. As far as the corporate HR team is concerned, a lot of focus again. So people first has always been a motto, but I think another re-energizing time to focus again and say, what is it that we want to do? Uh, what are the key initiatives that we want to take, not only for today, but for tomorrow? Are there any changes, big term changes that we want to bring about? Because historically as an organization, uh, we probably didn't have work from home as much in India as different parts of the organization probably, right? Or different uh, organizations do, FMCGs do, the ITS sector does this tremendously well, right? Uh, but the pharma organization, maybe not as much. And a lot of conversations now to see uh, what are the policies, at least human capital policies, how will we hire people? For example, you know, talent no longer uh, needs to be in the office primarily. And this one and a half months have shown us that people can work from home, given that we have the right infrastructure, we have the contracting between the manager, the leader and the team members, uh, the small term in the small town, the, uh, you know, uh, talent from smaller places. Uh, they also have an opportunity these days because, you know, right now, how I see this is a brilliant, brilliant uh, platform for now, time for us to, you know, just look inside, refocus and prioritize for what's going to be the tomorrow for us because we will survive, we will sustain. But uh, I think the agile organizations would be truly the ones who think about what next and how. So, uh, Radarshi, if I were to come to you, what are the three trends that you think uh, an HR leader of today should be wary of or should be aware of? What are you going to see in the next three, six, nine months? So, uh, you know, the few things that we should be wary of and, uh, and it's already being discussed. I think uh, number one is, you know, how we were used to doing work. You know, I mean, the earlier definition of accomplishing work or achieving productivity was that, you know, you be in an office or in a workplace. So I think that's going to get challenged. Mm. Uh, number, that's number one. So, you know, whether it's work from home or you do in a virtual way, you know, I mean, that's going to get challenged for sure. The second thing that I'm going to see, which I'm seeing is that, uh, you know, the employee safety and health I think that's something will be of a concern. And maybe earlier we were all taking care or talking about it in a different way. Uh, but that's something, you know, we'll have to kind of uh, assimilate in everything that we do. And when I say, you know, health and all, it's not just uh, because of COVID, but social distancing, you know, how we, how we sit, how we kind of enter, how we kind of uh, discuss or how the canteen would look like. So there will be a lot of kind of implications on the health. Uh, the third thing which I, I see, I think that will be something of a concern. Uh, you know, the people, I'm not concerned, I would say that's an opportunity. And why I say it's a concern, it may be concern for few. Uh, that organization will perhaps now, you know, find out different ways to work. 
I think the last six weeks, and when I talked to several of my colleagues in different industry, they are all saying that we never knew that the work could be done in so effective way by in a different form. Uh, you know, for example, we were used to certain manning norms. We were used to certain number of people coming to work. Those are getting challenged. So you may still achieve productivity and delivery by not really working the way we were working. So why it's also a concern for search because that may lead to job losses. Mm. That may lead to you know, certain other downsizing layoff in certain industries and specifically the industry which are probably not essential or you know, in all kinds of industries. So these three, I think uh, I see as a challenge or as a as some kind of a, a trend. And, and something that we can't ignore is the organization culture. The organization culture which will now evolve Mm. would be of a very different nature. I mean, uh, probably it will be, you know, less hierarchy driven, it will be open, it would be networked, uh, less of, you know, policies, practices. Uh, it could be probably more kind of, you know, you just come, do the work, deliver and move on. I think that would be kind of culture I see, of course, in all this uh, as, a chief, as a head of HR and head of any organization, empathy is also something we have to retain. Sure. I mean, um, while there are a lot of these anxieties, we cannot load go, let go of empathy. I think that's to me will be essential. Mm. Okay, excellent. So we, we spoke, about, I think the, the biggest issue, uh, of course, for an organization right now is, uh, uh, which we are seeing, especially as, as the government supporting the onus on the organization and the businesses themselves with, with respect to the employee safety. And of course, the leading issues uh, around it. I think that's the most immediate priority, as you rightly said. Uh, Amit, you know, from the other side, if I were an employee, uh, for me, the biggest issue right now is becoming job loss. You know, that lingering uh, feeling of uncertainty, uh, irrespective of the organization that I'm working for, whether I'm working for a multi-billion dollar company or a startup. One what do you think are the areas where organizations can help uh, people phase out? So that's the job on the job loss that I'm talking about. And then there'll be, we'll talk about the opportunities also. So what can organizations do to make the exit easier? You can't make it easy, but what are the actions? Are you, are you seeing there is a trend? Are people getting prepared? Are the organizations getting prepared? See, I think... Uh... While there has been a lot of talk about organizations wanting to lay off or cut salaries, you know, and initially when the lockdown happened in the last week of March, a lot of people went. But if you look at the trend, it's got reversed. There are two or three major and big organizations who have between last three days announced that they are not doing salary cuts for April or they are, they are reversing their decisions to salary cut. So I think organizations are also starting to look at this whole point to say, how do they balance business metrics with people experience? And I think that is something that the organizations will have to weigh very, very clearly. You know, mm -hmm. like, like Rajoshri said, some organizations will have to take a call at some point in time, which I see happening in, a, in, a, in the later half of the year and not immediate, you know, also because of a lot of government pressure, reputation risk to happen later to say we will, we will opticize or right size and do what is right because in the end, uh, organization has to look after what what it can afford and you know from a, from a, from both a customer and an employee standpoint so that that will happen but uh, as of now the good news is a lot of people have gone back you know even to pay salary from an employee standpoint i think this is something that that the employees have it in their mind and this is also one of the reasons of anxiety 
which is high anxiety to every employee no matter what the organization says because employee is also aware of the ecosystem that he or she lives in and you know knows that this is the reality coming to your question of what the organization needs to do at this stage of uh, getting themselves ready and uh, you know i think the first and foremost question that the organization needs to ask is is it a first resort or is it a last resort and if it is a first resort then then i think the hr head needs to stand up and demonstrate courage and conviction to challenge that that why is it the first resort so it has to be the last resort i think uh, second point is if you have to go, go down that path and you have no other choice i think that's where the whole values of the organization come in to say how do as an organization you make it you make it uh, you know you make it in line with your company values and you make it as much painless as you can you can never remove the pain because no such conversation or a decision can remove the pain from an employee standpoint so how much how much do you make it you know respectful in line with your values and painless third what are you doing to upskill that employee in the interim that the employee is there with you so if you as an hr leader today know that this is a call that you may have to take with say 10% 5% 15% your workforce 6 months down the line what are you doing today as your responsibility to upskill all of them so that when they go back into that workforce mm. they are they are request they are uh, they are you know upskill so it's your time to invest in them rather than take away the investment and you know and i think that's something that you would you would you would obviously do and those are the three things that i think one needs to watch out obviously there are outplacement services which will be there how do you manage them to land you know you call up your colleagues in the industry and see if you can you can get someone a job and do all of those services and i'm not going into that because people as hr leaders are experienced to do that but i think those are the couple of things that one needs to really really focus on so great fantastic point now let me take the positive side of things of course you know you we are seeing a lot of changes as, as you talked about learning and then some of the other areas there is hope also out there there are still people uh, the organizations which are you know toying between the last resort and the first resort and then there are organizations which, which are seeing this as an opportunity uh, to invest in talent maybe this is a good time while everybody else is so there is no formal uh, so to say sab aaram kar rahe hain so uh, so priti what do you think uh, if i have to put the question to you what do you think would be the areas of opportunity where do you think you would see a surge if any and to what extent in terms of the job gain uh, that will come particularly in the indian context sure so there are two three elements there one is that uh, this is a fantastic time uh, to upskill people right it is the capability time you also take focus because Uh, people who are in critical functions business etc there's hardly ever time to for them to come into sessions or webinars and you know just upskill themselves so this is a fantastic time like i said to again take stock of where you are where you want to be uh, there are organizations like air asia I was just reading and we have people there and one of my ex mondelez colleagues head sater there globally and we you know i just heard that uh, they invested in two and a half lakh hours of learning mm. right of all the people uh, tcs i heard that the number of hours that they have spent in uh, you know over meetings and calls and business meetings and training etc is phenomenal likewise mm. for our organization and so many others i think lnt has become such a key area and talent top skill has become such a focus that people are building that that's the big one uh, second is again for individuals to sit back and say uh, i've been doing this job for a certain number of years Uh, is this what I'm gonna? I want to do for the rest of my life or whatever number of time. And again, take stock of that. So, and a good reflection time for people as well. Mm. The third one I also saw in one of the questions. I think Sushil asked this question. 
is this going to lead to a gig economy? And I definitely think yes, because talent is no longer dependent on the physicality of it. And again, organizations also mm. have to think about and look at their job descriptions. And maybe they should have two parts to say, is this job critical to come to work, come to office physically, or can it be done from a distance remotely, right? So JDs could also undergo that significant chain of how do you view people and how do you view talent? Uh, like I said, at the start of this conversation, uh, gig economy, yes. Talent mm -hmm. accessibility can be a big one for us mm -hmm. uh, because we don't necessarily need people to now relocate, shift, move. People can be where they are. And if the job permits, why not, right? Uh, specialist roles, I, I don't know how, it is, how much it is possible in Indian context because the mindset is about being with one organization, staying there for far longer, etc. But the millennials have already been doing it for long. You know, Deepshika and I see a lot of the youngsters uh, who don't want to be tied down to a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. So for them, life is far more flexible and fluid. And maybe mm -hmm. that should become the norm for us as well. And there's a learning that we can take from millennials on mm -hmm. how to really balance our life priorities with our passion and hobbies and everything that we do. Because I don't see too many youngsters trying to say, this is my job nine to five and that is it's going to be, right? So I have people who have their rock bands, people who are singing, people who are traveling the world, who are travel bloggers and Instagram influencers, right? Uh, so that's another change that I see. And I think it's a healthy one for organizations to reflect, mm. to say, how do we also create far more balance? And if I have another thing to add, I was talking to this uh, managing partner who takes care of talent at Deloitte. And uh, he was saying that they are looking at having far more women in their workforce. And given, uh, you know, if people meet the criteria, uh, why not? Because they have realized that the barriers that a lot of women had initially of, you know, the work pressures, home pressure, inability to travel as much probably. Mm -hmm. And now we have people doing board meetings across the world over Zoom or uh, uh, Microsoft Teams. Absolutely. So I think it's a fantastic time that we have seen that uh, physicality doesn't take away from anything unless you really, really have to be on a line, on a production line or something where you need to be physically present. A lot of jobs can be done remotely. Uh, it all needs a culture of empowerment, ensuring your data security, everything is taken care of. Absolutely. I see there's a fantastic opportunity for us to, I think, just... Great. I, I, I do think that data security is a completely, uh, a very deep topic in itself. And I think that will start emerging as people kind of settle with the, with the initial health uh, uh, the health part of this this entire situation. But coming to Rajorshi, uh, Rajorshi, uh, what do you think that you know? Uh, currently, as Amit was saying, that you know, there's a lot of anxiety, and uh, also as as Preeti mentioned about you know the whole transition to a gig economy and people being flexible in a way. How do you keep your people motivated? You know, we have on one spectrum the traditional ways of engaging, and we've seen people dancing uh, on the floors. Uh, we've seen all kinds of things, the clowns being being invited and all kinds of things being done to, you know, just, just morale booster, just let's, let's take some pressure off. What, once we get into a remote uh, situation, there is not so much face-to-face -face happening. How do you keep your employees motivated and still attached to the organization? No, I think it's a valid question. Uh, I think uh, the advantage of working in an office or in a physical workplace is you get to meet each other. So, you know, you discuss, you walk around, you meet people, which doesn't happen in a remote working. So I think the one of the uh, powerful way to engage people working remotely is how do you, you know, constantly communicate with them, connect with them. 
to digital platforms of course telephone videos uh, and you know constantly involve them in tasks which they enjoy mm. and of course there is one set of tasks which is work related but you know off work related also can you engage them can you engage their family mm. and over the last few weeks i have seen that uh, you know people are sometimes engaging their family because the advantage is when you are sitting in the home mm. of course if your family is willing to kind of uh, come to the video calls or something you also kind of get to know them better mm. you know you you discover hidden uh, talent of people i mean i i remember somebody did a orchestra over online mm. you know just to kind of make the the employees feel good so almost 100 employees came together you know and each one had their own uh, singing talent or playing a musical instrument they did it that's one part of it so you get you try to get connect with the family i think the more important is you know the work from home also cannot be mistaken as you know you do anything at your own will mm. so the best way to motivate here is of course you discover a rhythm of work here mm. you know like you is to go to office every day at 9 am or 10 am you know start some of your meetings be on time you know and give the give the person some personal time also um to, so in just to summarize therefore i see you know nothing can beat daily communication or periodic communication and the mm. the best part of uh, this kind of you know video conferencing facility is you can reach out to maximum number of people so mm. the earlier theory was that you know i had to get everybody in a canteen or a, some auditorium to do a town hall or a open house actually you can do open house sitting in the office sitting at the comfort of your house for example we just uh, tried this out in alkem few days back because mm-hmm. the major one set of people they were not coming to work they are working from home so we did a virtual town hall they had a lot of questions and we had to answer them i think that reduces a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. uh, so we have to figure out different ways to keep mm-hmm. people motivated it's just the beginning of this kind of you know work style i would say sure. earlier people uh, used to uh, request us for work from home uh, policies but uh, now i think many people are also saying that when do i work in office <laughs> so i think we have to learn both ways uh, i mean it's, it's of course it's little lonely working at home because you are just sitting across seeing your Communi- communication is vital i think if we are able to connect with the leadership peers mm. colleagues people will feel kind of encouraged i agree i think the whole culture has become uh, uh, has more become more humane we are all in this together whether it is the md he's he's also working from home uh, or, or whether it is uh, the front line i'll just ask a quick leading question uh, radarshi again is on the productivity levels i mean we, we, whenever we spoke of work from home uh, the i think the biggest issue was not so much about you know person going going away or anything else it was just that kaam safar karega productivity will suffer how will i track how will that change what are some of the things that you think that organizations today can immediately deploy uh, to redefine their kpis uh, therefore they are able to measure the productivity at the same time keep the uh, keep pace with the uh, with the change time sure i think see look certain kind of work cannot be done from home we all know like a factory or a research cannot run from home i mean 
at best we are talking of you know some of the jobs uh, which are in uh, offices now uh, if you ask me you know i was wondering last 6 weeks i have seen my own organization you know a substantial number of people are working from home of course field force i will leave them aside because they cannot go to and meet uh, doctors or hospitals at this point of time but if i look at the head office where you know almost we have 600 employees i have not seen actually uh, you know the work getting suffered the productivity has not dipped so it's a mental model that we had you know before all this that you have to be physically uh, present to be to get the work done i think slowly we will also kind of work out ways mm. by which uh, the same work can be delivered irrespective of how you are employed and i also see probably it's uh, what priti said it's no more a 9 to 5 job it can be other way around i mean typically you know we had a notion that people should be employed with just uh, one company i feel people can be going forward employed with two company you be a part timer you just work for 3 days a week mm. so long as the work gets done i don't mm. mind where you are sitting mm. so just you know coming and sitting in a physical building is not a substitute always to be a uh, productive you can be productive sitting wherever you are operating from so i think that's the change which we should be open to coming to productivity metrics and kpis i think that would evolve uh, to me the most important kpi is the final output the job is delivered like today we are all operating the salary is getting credited to the bank so somewhere the payroll is operating the finance department is working we are getting materials in the factories procurement department is working the supply planning production planning people are at home but it is getting executed it is getting service from wherever they are you know legal help we are getting from wherever my legal colleagues are there so what else you can ask for the doctors and the doctors are getting connected retailers are getting medicines from our warehouses so somewhere you know it's the final output which is important and i think that people are beginning to understand that it is possible irrespective of your physical place of working excellent so now coming to uh, uh, to amit amit what about the and i'm i'm more interested again on the performance evaluation part because i think that's going to be a big challenge also you know when we talk about you you talked about people uh, possibly uh, getting into an evaluation zone later in the year at that time how do you see the change in the performance matrices how will the performance appraisal change or should change see if you uh, if you ask me today there are a lot of employees who already have this question in mind because we all have our workforces where some some people let's say 20% are contributing 120% the next 20% are contributing anywhere between 50 to 80% mm-hmm. and there is a there is a large chunk that is contributing 50% or less by virtue of whatever they are working from home you know we haven't been able to we are struggling to enable a lot of workforce and in a in a in a company like mine or uh, rajoshri is where you have a lot of field force where you can't go and meet customers you can't go and source policy mm-hmm. it's a lockdown you can't do it so i think that anxiety is there and mm-hmm. it is for us as hr leaders to get the leadership team together to say let us let us start to recalibrate our own uh, metrics as to on what are we going to measure ourselves and i think that that time of recalibration is now to say how do we recalibrate our measures and the recalibration doesn't mean that we need we have to lower our numbers or whatever it also means to look at what what is it that we are going to achieve what is now important and how the weightages have changed 
I think that's the first step. And then you communicate that down to, uh, down to each function and say, how is that performance going to be? And that's the time, you know, now that we are in May, when June, July, people do recalibration. Like in Aviva, we do, a, we do five conversations in a year. So, you know, May is the time where we start our third conversation of the year from a performance standpoint. And that's where you encourage people to say in your next discussion, you not only talk about achievement, but you talk about recalibration of your goals and metrics. I think that's the first right step to do. Okay. After that, as you evolve, so, you know, one doesn't know whether the lockdown will come again in June or July. God forbid it may again come for a month. We don't know how the virus will impact. And that has to be more dynamic. So, you know, the, the goal sheet today is have to be a living document, which is a dream come true for every HR professional who said to every manager, your goal sheet should be a living, talking, breathing document. And actually, that's, this is the time to make that happen from a performance standpoint. I think the other thing that one needs to look at is the impact that, so in an insurance industry like ours, like, you know, we have to start to look at how we bring in the digital element to help enable people to perform, whether it is from a customer sales standpoint or a service standpoint. And mm. those parameters become very, very important. I'll give you an example from our industry where, you know, servicing a customer through a chat or an online is one thing, but teaching a customer how to use the tool is also becoming an important part of your job today. Mm. You first have to get that uh, customer to understand what the customer needs to do teach the customer and then let the customer experience and fulfill. So I think all of these have to now start to be inbuilt in your job performing metric. I may have a self-service chat. That is just not a performance metric. So how many chats I answered, how many, how many customers I, I made sure that I saw help them resolve through a chat or online digital means and close the query is another new metric that comes in that all conversations need to happen now for, for an organization to be able to take away that anxiety. Deepika, uh, if I may add uh, something yes. on the productivity piece, you know, so as uh, people, we commuted, uh, you know, back and forth to office and uh, these times have brought in sharp contrast to the number of hours that we spent just commuting, right? So as an employee, we lost so much time, but the organization didn't gain that time, right? It was just lost. So we realized that that time can now be fruitfully, you know, employed, used. And in terms of productivity, you know, this is also a time for the manager and the team members to have structured conversations or contracting of what needs to be delivered. Mm. Because right now, see, people just got thrown into the situation. Nobody prepared them. There was no, uh, you know, one-on-one document or circular that went to people, right? How to manage in COVID times. Mm. So whatever people knew, they're evolving. There's not been a formal communication to say as manager, employee, leaders, this is how you should contract your work or KRAs and KPIs. Mm. But going forward, we, there is not mm. going to be post-COVID, right? It's just going to be post-lockdown. So we need to be far more, I think, leadership team coming together, team managers coming together, figuring out how do you engage with teams? How do you mm. ensure that the KRAs are very, very clearly defined and articulated, given that they may may not be in-person coming to office, right? Mm. Being highly sensitive. Mm. of the time that when your support staff is not available, they also mm. have to care, care for ailing parents, probably uh, young children, you know, cooking or the, you know, the household chores, etc. And all of that is there. So mm. we have to be sensitive both for the women and the men, right, who also are contributing. I see tremendously nowadays, right, to see mm. how do all of this then, what does it mean for us? Mm. And uh, what is the balance that we all get, get out of this, you know, in terms of so that work should never suffer, that comes first. And what Rajoshi very, very articulately mentioned that 
uh, get a balance in terms of your timing, get a rhythm in there, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like you're at home mm-hmm. and uh, you're at home, you're working from home, right? So that message has to be very, very clear. So, I, so can I, can I, sorry, yes. can I just take a minute and share? So, you know, something like we've done, we've kind of defined and said when you work from home, 10 to uh, 1, th- uh, 1 is your time to work. 1 to 2.30 is again your time to give your, you know, if you're a caregiver, look after your kids. And then from 2.30 to 6.30. So while an individual has a choice to structure his or her day, but that's the common slot where you need to get into meetings, calls, and no one will schedule them outside of these times. So kind of bring mm-hmm. a semblance, like, you know, both of them said, and integrate that, help integration of that work at home and work from home, like I said. That's fantastic, Amit. I have to commend you on that. Yeah. That's a very, very credible thing because I think being at home, most of the people have, have kind of uh, said they're far busier because there is no work-life balance per se, right? Everything yeah. is work. Uh, so uh, the, the other question which I would want to ask uh, and, and Preeti, uh, extending our, our, our point there, is that how do you see the role of human resource leader now changing uh, some in, in some ways uh, you know a lot of people have said that uh, today a human resource leader like yourselves uh, the, the the three leaders that are sitting here with us today are now more powerful uh, than the ceo himself and uh, because it's your first responsibility to take care of people everything else comes next so what do you think what what are, what, what are the changes that you've seen and for for the hr leaders who've joined us today in this conversation uh, for those who are watching us, uh, what are your uh, suggestions to them? Three things that they could uh, do uh, to make, uh, to sail through this situation. I think the first one, Rajushi, is like I said, there's no one on one. Everybody just trying to evolve and see what is working, what is not for their respective cultures and organizations. Yeah? But as leaders, if I had to say, of course, uh, put people first, because if you have people uh, staying around, right, and people the stickiness with the organization enhances, right? The engagement is far deeper there, right? And the business continuity will happen. I have yet to see an individual who in these times, even my own team members, you know, and they work really long hours, again, days melt into another and we never know when one day starts and another ends. But I haven't seen anybody say no to work. So it is a reciprocal relationship where people are being put first by the organizations and leaders and employees reciprocate likewise, right? The second is a massive culture shift to say, you know, what is our value? We're going back to our values of, you know, people first, keeping people at the front and center of everything that we do. And also building deeper connects with the employees, going back to the absolute basic core of what the organization stands for. Mm. So as an HR leader, if you can enable Mm. your leaders and your managers, your ecosystems Mm. to have that empathy, to have a leadership where Uh, You are not only a role model in terms of how you manage, balance your life, your time, your priorities, but, you know, connecting what Rajoshi mentioned, you know, that over communication is absolutely critical. Please be in touch, right? Because social media, the news channels, your WhatsApp universities, right? There's so much fake news around that people tend to just believe everything. So as an organization, what is right, what is credible, that communication has to be constantly outgoing there to each employee so that people don't have to wonder, what does it mean for me, right? But the organization states very, very categorically that, listen, this is this. This is what it means for us, right? These are the values. Uh, When you come back, how are we planning the coming back, right? If at all, we are right now, yeah? Mm -hmm. The third one, I think, is uh, keeping it absolutely simple to say, end of the day, people really, really matter to us, yeah? As a leader, as a manager, what are you doing for them today? If they are in trouble, please go out of your way, help them. 
um, very basic things you know Deepika, these are not the times where i'm saying you have to recreate the world or we can find a cure right but as managers as leaders if we can ensure that we are there for our people uh, in whatever times that they need whatever support that they need and communicate with them regularly be available for them and if we can guide them in the right manner to say you know these are the opportunities also to take care of your family but focus mm-hmm. on the work as well uh, upskill yourself i think that will be fantastic fantastic my my i'll allow move to my last question uh, before we we take the closing remarks and then uh, the audience uh, engagement is to rajoshi uh, rajoshi uh, we, we talked about engagement i think uh, with the changing dynamics uh, trainings and upskilling as both amit and preeti and uh, had, had mentioned will become extremely part of engagement with each other but with the with with the so so what do you think when will the online uh, or rather the offline uh, engagement begin uh, from a training and learning perspective when do you think this will come and do you think that online learning will become a de facto standard in training given that it's cheaper it's more accessible widely uh, reusable yeah <clears throat> i think uh... i think my the way i see things evolving is uh, you know the the coexistence of both of course right now it is we have shifted probably 80% physical you know offline training to now 100% online training it's a it's we are filling this gap over the last one and a half months two months mm. uh, and I, i'm sure every company is trying their best to skill their people keep them engaged through variety of methods whether it's in house training you know through external webinars tie up with universities variety mm. of methods mm. i see that uh, you know this uh, has accelerated the online uh, training or digital training as we all called it we wanted to do this but i think somehow this has accelerated Mm. i don't see physical training coming back so early because people will be apprehensive of traveling coming to a you know a physical place to get uh, the learning maybe it will pick up after 8 months 9 months or a year mm. and after that i think i see a coexistence of both maybe more online because by then i think you know this field also would have uh, innovated a lot the mm. offerings would be much more it would be interesting mm. and uh, people will be also willing uh, because earlier the notion was you know i need to be present in a room classroom to get learning people are now understanding that online education training is also something one can do of course the format of online training and re- education needs to be very encouraging you know and interesting so that the uh, the learners attention is uh, there and they feel that you know they are learning the right way so for example you know just a plain slide method or a voice method may not work but a professor coming online teaching like this like we are doing a webinar it makes us it makes sense and in fact i see a huge potential for this because earlier we were suppose i had to get a professor from a ivy league or a harvard i had to fly him or her down to india i can probably you know utilize that resource or capability sitting wherever i am i think mm-hmm. that's opening up a lot so mm-hmm. it's a universal marketplace of education you can call it and i think every uh, every organization will benefit from it supported again by different kind of technology whether it's mobile laptop or you know online cloud based plcs mm-hmm. personal personal learning cloud 
there are various ways people can learn and i see that going forward probably what used to be 80% classroom 20% you know off classroom it may somewhere settle around maybe 50 50 or even 60 40 60 to more on virtual side mm mm excellent I, i just i just want to add on something i yes. agree with rajoshree on all that he said i think the only thing that we need to watch out as uh, hr leaders is you know the they always existed the, the offline online coexisted but i think we need to watch out is the online fatigue which sets in faster than an offline training fatigue so the online training fatigue sets much faster and that's what we need to watch out against in the new world or as the post lockdown world that we see so i think that's that's a call out that i wanted to make there no you are absolutely right and right now it's an everybody is trying to do everything it's an overdose of training yeah. even webinars you know different kind of thing but i think it will kind of settle down yeah. right now everybody is trying to innovate run fast please people so i think there is an overdose of it great great i think it it feels good when people say that uh, the the leaders like yourselves are, are trying to please uh, the employees i think that's a massive comforting uh, factor as well my very last question and again uh, rajeshri to you would be uh, as uh, as an hr leader at an organization level what are the three areas of cost cutting that you would see and what are the three areas of investment that you would see in the current in the near to mid term scenario i think uh, again it could be industry agnostic i you know it's not necessarily to do with my industry i think from a investment i see in critical talent okay uh, again criticality of talent would vary from company or an industry to industry when i say critical you know absolutely those talent who brings in creativity mm. innovation mm. uh and it could cut across functions so there every company will invest uh, and all of us would like to onboard people across functions who bring that kind of competency mm. i think the next uh, biggest uh, investment will be on technology you know technology automation and it could again cut across functions technology could be there in how you do sales how do you engage with your customer mm. uh, you know how do you do your manufacturing how do you do research Mm. Um, I see a lot of investment in technology, and it can be virtual. It can be different way. Mm. Mm. I think the third uh, investment would be, you know, how do you kind of, uh, you know, simplify things? Again, it's it's an extension of my last point where I said technology. While we bring technology, how do you make the whole thing very simple? So the how you make the business model. so simple that you know the customers kind of look up to you and engage with you deeply i think because that's would be probably every company would like to uh, invest mm. from a cost cutting i think uh, some of the obvious ones where you know i think it's coming i think in the physical space mm. uh, you know i mean the earlier uh, world was investing on you know in the huge offices floors office spaces probably this experience has opened our eyes and we may not need such huge offices that's what i can see probably uh is coming uh there would be some cost cutting on you know how you kind of uh, man your work so i see some employee cost cutting when i say employee cost cutting it's to make the organization more nimble productive uh, again it can vary from industry to industry mm. and i think the 
I'm not sure about what could be a third area of cost cutting. Maybe my co-panelist can help. Uh, but I see some cost cutting, you know, on uh, unnecessary work that we were doing so far. For example, what I mean is, you know, we had huge uh, paperwork. And I think many organizations still do have a lot of paperwork. Mm. Uh, I don't know how much cost it has, but in the last, uh, you know, two months, we are seeing we can actually run offices without any paper. So probably there are such kind of resources which uh, are already there and paper probably is one example where it was probably in that model of working, we needed it. But going forward, such kind of you know, resources and uh, items we may not require. So we'll again, getting back to keep the work simple. Mm. So I think these are my kind of ideas on cost cutting and investment. Fantastic. I love the paper one. Yes, Preeti, please add. Quick one here. So I was Most just reading uh, two, three days ago. Yes, yes that uh, TCS has, uh, you know, come out with this 25, 20, 25 by 25 model, which is a business model saying that by 2025, they want to ensure that about 75 or they work for 75% is working remotely, mm. right? Mm. Which means it doesn't necessarily mandate that your workspace or, you know, infrastructure costs would proportionately come down. Mm. Right, because you might have to invest heavily in a remote infrastructure, ensuring that people have secure data and broadband and uh, the connectivity, everything, right, and ensuring that people have machines, etc. Mm. Uh, but it's a great uh, welcome thing because it could mean that that uh, time that the bandwidth that mm. people have, extra bandwidth, right, 75% of your population. Uh, so where do we use that talent? Where is that opportunity to leverage? Uh, it will be a good one to just for leaders to you know sit and think about that fantastic i may i may just like to add something it struck yeah. me because uh, i, I did, didn't come to me when i was responding i think another area where you know cost cutting i see mm. is uh, meetings and travels and conferences yes and when i say meeting travels and conferences it is internal mm. like you know for us like we have almost 10000 sales force and there are continuous meetings of different nature across the country and I was talking to my business heads and they said in the last uh, 45 days, they have been, you know, fulfilling all those meetings through this virtual method and thereby cutting costs by 80%. Wow. So, you know, they are also realizing probably earlier they were flying from one city to another, from next city to the other on the next day. But mm -hmm. really, was it necessary or not? So mm -hmm. I think now some of these learning would evolve and assimilate and probably I'm not saying it will be 100% zero travel, but I think people will be more frugal and uh, would make such travel and meeting physical only, which is important, necessary. And also not travel 12 hours for a two hour meeting, you know, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amit, your views. No, I think both of them have covered uh, most of the points, but from where I see a lot of investment would go in while, you know, Rajashree and uh, Preeti have both said about technology. I just want to bring it far closer home and say that irrespective of what the businesses are going to, uh, when I say technology, I mean, it's image and data. And I think those are the two parts which will, which will, which will look at all parts of all functions, you know, whether you are in HR, in finance, in sales, the image and the data combination, I think will be, will be the key investment, you know whether it's from a customer standpoint or an employee standpoint. I think that's, that's for me, the, one of the biggest things that, that will, that will achieve our uh, things. The other thing that I think we will all start to invest is in, in a lot of risk management tools, you know? So if you look at our uh, BCP plans, everyone had a BCP plan. 
but mm-hmm. when the lockdown happened all plans went went uh, you know went for a toss because your bcp was a site in a different city in a different location with a different vendor but mm-hmm. no one could no one could no one could use that right mm-hmm. and you know all, all cities went in lockdown all vendors couldn't come to work and mm-hmm. how do you then start to look at and invest in a new bcp model which may include work from home for all employees which may include more cloud based which may include accessibility for for stuff that you need to do maybe it maybe it's maybe it is now a time to have a bcp vendor outside of your country if if it's a localized pandemic so i think that's where the investments are starting to go uh, will will start to be you know a lot more focused so great perfect thank you very much uh, uh, everyone for wonderful views i think this time uh, we've had such a long conversation and and such a intriguing one that uh, we've already over short time but we will quickly take the questions uh, i think some of them we've covered but there's an interesting one which is coming uh, from uh, an anonymous attendee uh, he or she asks how do you define the new work life balance so i'll check that i'll check that i think uh, we all talked about getting work life integration from balance and people are now experiencing it and it will start to earlier you know we had work we had life and everyone wanted balance or integration now it's coming home now it's between the people who will say how do i manage my work life at home and it will become a very personal decision so like you know like preeti said earlier for a for a caregiver who has to travel 2 hours a day one way to come to office the caregiver both male or female may say i stay at home and do a work for mm-hmm. a, for a young gen z or a millennial who thrives in collaboration and being with people may want to still come to work uh, mm-hmm. for a working couple that may be the only way respite is to go to each go to go to their offices <laughs> separately and keep their work life separate from home uh, you know for for some people it's about finding space you know if you can't find space in a home you then start to go to work so i think it will become an individual choice but what will happen is i think that whole boundary of 9 to 5 10 to 6 will definitely go away organizations will be far more open to say come when you want to go when you want to work from home that that fungibility and that you know that time keeping will go with the fungibility will come in so fluidity in terms of choice is something that's the new mantra on work life balance absolutely just fluidity. want to add to what yes. amit said uh, deepshika you know i think uh, it will be important as leaders and business leaders and hr leaders to ensure that we don't slide back into the absolute old practices and become regressive mm-hmm. all over again when world mm-hmm. starts to resemble some sort of normalcy right it'll be mm-hmm. important to learn the lessons and stay with them because there's a lot of good as well that we have discovered right in terms of people working it's you know, a lot of work practices uh, the talent the dependability the responsibility of individuals how organizations have shown up uh, community service etc so there's a lot of good that's come through and i would like to add that uh, we should stay uh, you know keep the good and not let it slide back yeah. absolutely absolutely so uh, ruturaj tanak asks uh, covid and the after effects have actually played with the employee psyche what are the four to five things which we should do immediately after we go back to work to resume some kind of normalcy rajoshi you want to take that okay let me understand the question so so the saying ke aap एक बार वापस जब काम पे जाएंगे सो व्हाट व्हाट थ्री 
and maybe there will be some set of people mm. who would be kind of you know asked to work from home for some time yeah or alternate between yeah. office and home i think uh, uh, first is you have to assure people that office is safe because today after all this care people are also apprehensive of going out you know using mass uh, public system transport system system etc so make the workplace uh, more safe secure and uh, the employees will have to also change their habits you know i mean the way they were used to operating in an office i think that communication should go and people i mean the employee should be engaged for example you know people were used to sitting in a certain way doing meeting in a certain way it's not going to happen so easily we are all like i'm sure all organizations are formulating their rules how they would operate post mm. the lockdown etc mm. mm. and i think third uh, important is uh, you know uh, addressing the anxiety of people mm. people will be anxious you know because am i really you know valued anymore is the work do my work exist and all these questions will be everybody's mind right from the senior most person to the you know the junior most person i think some of these should be handled periodically through open and transparent communication mm. uh, i think that's the way i see and it will kind of become probably a new norm as they call it new normal over a period of time and we will also learn i mean today we are all locked up, locked at home so we will all also learn to work in a new office new normal after mm. some point of time I'm just okay. going to add to okay. what Rajoshi said is about uh, yes. anxiety, and I want to extend it and build on it to say a mm. lot of people are facing mental health issues these days, right? Because it might be job-related anxiety, family could be space, multiple things, right? I think being uh, secluded or being just alone or in that tight space, it has triggered different things in people, right? And there are a lot of forums where I keep hearing there are friends who are mental health professionals. and they say they have seen an exponential jump in the number of uh, you know concerns or causes that they are seeing so that is something as an organization that we could pick up right and address it to the great perfect uh, my next question is uh, so uh, i think any one of us can take it is uh, is an interesting one which uh, kerry asks what are the best ways to hire and onboard employees remotely given that you can't see them you can't meet them how do you hire i think i can take it and maybe others can add we are already doing you know i mean uh, obviously all of us uh, you know at least the final interview we wanted to do face to face hmm. uh, but today i think we we have kind of uh, agreed that you know whatever critical talent we need to hire we will do over video or video calls or whatever to the usual ref check uh and move on and make the offers even our joinings uh, at least some of the critical joinings which we took over the last 6 weeks we mm. do it remotely mm. so there are today of course all these technologies are available you know uh tools are available you i we also did induction online sitting at home so one of the hr person you know took the orient i mean uh, shared about the company did the rhythm i mean obvious induction protocols they were welcomed by senior leaders so i think it's not fully effective we agree but i think it is possible uh, so that at least we do not lose the time and wait for you know everything to get normal then start the physical or the face to face interviews 
So today these are possible and most companies are doing it. Mm. Great. Just, yes, just, just to add on, like we, we've done, we are doing, a, we've done our whole summer induction plan online, you know, right from onboarding to everything. And we just did it normally from the CEO's address to the whole three day, four day induction went online with people and, you know, feedback, instant feedback, all of that just works. So it's the new normal as they call it. Great. Perfect. So I think we've hit the, the time uh, and I still see some unanswered questions. Uh, we would try to take these questions to the panelists and bring them back the answers to you individually uh, and uh, anything else uh, closing remarks uh, panelists i'd just like to add that first of all again thank you so much for inviting a lovely discussion great questions and answers from uh, you know the co-panelists uh, i've realized that relationships that had been built on trust those relationships have stood the test of time now because you could go back to managers with your queries and concerns so whenever we go back or even right now, if we can continue building those relationships of trust with our employees, our team members, uh, that's something that uh, leaders can also focus on. Perfect. Perfect. Great. Uh, Amit? Great. I think, um, sorry, Amit, you can. No, no, go it. ahead. Go ahead, Rajeshree. Rajeshree, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think, uh, you know, I mean, my uh, closing remarks would be, this is all of us know it's a crisis across the world and every country is touched. So I think my message and closing remarks would be, we should take it as an opportunity also. Yeah. You know, crisis, uh, I think every crisis, uh, you know, opens a new door. I think uh, that with that confidence, all of us should accept this and, you know, look forward. Great. I just wanted to say that I think it's, an, you know, we talk about employees and organizations, but actually uh, building onto what Raju should have said, it's an opportunity for the leaders to ask themselves, you know, challenge their own mindsets. They have broken hierarchies to get things done for the customer. They need to sustain that and break those hierarchies. And, you know, and they have learned new skills of being with people. And those are the skills that they need to carry. So I think it's, it's more an opportunity for the leaders to reflect and come out uh, new in this. Perfect. Thank you very much, uh, Preeti, Amit, Rajorshi. You are in your own rights, the COVID warriors. You are taking care of thousands of people and keeping the spirits and growth alive. Thank you very much for joining us today. It was wonderful having a conversation with you. Mm -hmm.